Would you turn in the scripture to Romans the 14th chapter? Romans chapter 14. If you weren't with us last night, we covered some ground. We laid a foundation for some things. It, it could benefit you to watch that or listen to it. You can go online and watch it. Or if you're in the house, you can get a hard copy if you want a DVD or, or CD. It won't cost you anything, no charge. But we're talking about, I believe at the direction of the Lord, the joy of faith. The joy, everybody say joy. joy. The joy of faith. And you'll find that these two are inseparable. Where you find one, you'll find the other. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord and faith in God. Where you find one, you'll find the other. They're connected. Romans 14, did you find it? Verse uh, 17. He said, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is where the king has dominion. It's the king's domain. It is where the will of the king is being accomplished. The kingdom of God. And here, the Spirit of God through Paul is dealing with some controversy that's in the church at uh, Corinth. And it applies to us today. He was dealing with the, the church there at Rome and then other places it applied as well. You read about it in Corinthians about sacrifices and whether they were sacrificed to idols or not, what you could eat, what you couldn't eat. And they, that may not sound like a big deal to you, but it was a big deal. And there were divisions separatings because of it. And whether it's that or something else, this is how the enemy works. Jesus said a house divided can't stand. It'll fall. And the enemy knows this, so his main thrust is to divide and destroy. And here he says, he had to talk to him about a number of things. Here, and if you put 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians together to see the bigger scope, uh, he's saying the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. You're putting too much focus on natural, temporary things. And there will always be a danger of this in our generation as well. That in the church, one person gets to talking about it then another person does, and then people get stirred up about it, and it gets more popular and more popular. And sadly, a lot of people gravitate towards what they think will get them a larger audience or more financial support. And they think if preaching that will fill seats and, and, and bring in proceeds, then they start preaching it or more. They preach it more and more. And so you'll find Sometimes there are movements, but they're not of God. And they're even spiritual, but it's not the Holy Spirit. And you'll find two big things. They emphasize temporary, natural things, and they don't magnify Jesus enough. They magnify people, individuals. And we must avoid this. We must stay away from this. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. What is the kingdom of God? Spiritual things and things that last forever. So it's the best investment of your time and effort. Everything you learn about righteousness and everything you walk in in righteousness, you will take with you past this life. And same thing about peace. Same thing about joy. Well, a lot of Christians think, well, what do I need to learn about peace? I mean, you either have it or you don't. Right? Wish I had some more. 
And about joy. I mean, you're either happy or you're not. I mean, wish I had, but why do I need to learn about it? Oh, child of God, we need to learn about it. Because it's a whole lot up to us what measure of these things we walk in. Everybody say righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's what the kingdom of God's about. Not natural things. Skip on over to the 15th chapter and the 13th verse. 15 and uh, 13. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. If you're in believing, it's evidenced by joy and peace. And how much believing you're doing is shown by how much joy and peace you have. There's no such thing as being strong in faith about a thing and being depressed over it. No such thing. If you're depressed over it, you have no joy about the situation. I don't care if you made four good confessions that morning. You're not in faith. And there's no such thing as being scared out of your mind about something and have no peace. And yet you're in faith about it. It doesn't work that way. Remember Jesus said on one occasion when uh, the storm was on the lake and everything. He said... uh, How is it that you're so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? Can you see the full of fear? And and how much faith? None. But you get full of faith, it displaces the fear. You get full of faith, it pushes out the depression. And you won't even need any pills. I'm serious. Some of you say, yeah, but this and yeah, but that. Well, you can say that if you want to, but God can heal anything that's attached to that, and you can be free. But if you say you can't, well, then for you, you can't. You're stuck. But all things are possible to him or her that believes. You, you can be completely free and not depressed and not need any drugs. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in you than depression. And one of the biggest problems, if you say, well, I, I've, I've had problems with it, I've had problems with it, you are watching, listening to, thinking about, talking about the wrong stuff. Some say, well, how would you know? It can't be any other way. Years ago in healing school, Brother Hagin's ministry, I was ministering to a lady. And she was in a bad way, mentally and emotionally. She had been in and out of mental institutions for, off and on for years. And her family had brought her there to healing school, uh, kind of as a last resort thing. And, and uh, I wound up ministering to her, and I really didn't know what to do about it. She was having trouble, you know, uh, uh, even being focused and coherent. And, and uh, the Lord took me to Joshua. Where the scripture said, uh, uh, he told Joshua, this book of the law will not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it night and day, that you may observe to do according to what's written in it. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. And so uh, I, I began to try to share that with her. And she looked at me and said, you can't think on the word of God night and day. She just said what a lot of other people thought. You can't, you can't think on. I mean, she was indignant about it. Can't think on the word of God. Well, first of all, I didn't write that. I did not write that. And if the Lord told you to do it, what would you think? If he told you to do it, you must be able to do it. And him telling you to do it, there's power in his command to enable you to do it. And as soon as she said that, it just popped right out of my spirit. 
I hadn't thought of it before. I said, no, dear. I said, you're already thinking about something night and day. And it's obviously not what he said because he said, if you keep your mind stayed on him, he will keep you in perfect peace. So if your mind is, you know, not in peace, then it's obvious you haven't been keeping your mind stayed on the Lord and what he said, you're thinking about watching, listening to the wrong things. No matter what you say, that's how it is. Because the moment you pull your focus off of the wrong things, hallelujah, and you begin to fix your gaze on the one who changed everything, who fixed everything, to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peace. The moment you do, then peace begins to manifest. If you stop and get distracted, well, peace begins to wane. And what we saw in these things is that all of these issues are choices choices. You're here in in Romans. Go with me. Let's see. I've got uh, 25 pages of notes and uh, that's too many. (laughs) So we're paring it down right now. But uh, the scripture tells us that if you are a, a receiver of a thing, then it'll flow to you. But if you're not, if you resist it, then it it won't. You remember Jesus told his disciples, he, he said, when you go into a place, he said, you say peace to this place. Didn't he tell them that? Now, now why would he say that? He, this is not just an informal greeting. Howdy. How y'all doing? Uh-uh. And it's one thing we need to get mind renewal. The Lord never just talks to let you know what he's thinking. Never is his, communica- his speaking a matter of communication of ideas only. When he speaks, spiritual forces are released that affect change, creation. Or alteration, or removal, or any number of things. I don't like the phrase, I'm just saying. That's an ungodly phrase. God would never just say something, because it'd be disastrous. (laughs) When he says something, he already saw the end from the beginning on it, and He means to effect something. And why am I talking about this? Because you and I are told to be imitators of God as dear children. We're to imitate what he does. Like a child imitates his father. And the scripture says in Ephesians, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying or building up, that it may minister grace to the hearers. You can minister grace through words that you speak. And that's what uh, that's part of what he's saying when you come into a place and they in this case they were going to put them up to stay while they were in town because you didn't have the hotels and all the things that you do today. And so he said somebody's going to put you up You're my delegate. You're my representative. You're coming in my name. And this is what I want you to do. You walk in the door and you go. Peace. To this house. And he said if. A son of peace is there. Your peace. Will rest. It'll come on the place. On the people. If not. It'll return to you. Boy, spiritual things are real. Aren't they? And this is Jesus' disciples. Now, and he said, what's a son of peace? What, that's a, 
a term we're not so accustomed to. It's a recipient, a receiver of it. Somebody who likes it, somebody who wants it, somebody who believes in it, somebody who will embrace it. The difference would be somebody who's not a son of peace, if somebody said, peace be to you, they go, they're wacko. What are they trying to do? Yeah, abracadabra. That's not a son of peace. And your peace would not rest on them. And it would not affect them. In fact, it'll come right back to you because it couldn't find a place of rest. But a son of peace, a daughter of peace, what would they say if the word came peace to you? They would say, oh yeah, 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 peace. I take it. I take it. I receive it. I receive the peace. Then it won't come back. It'll rest. And it will affect. There's healing in peace. There's restoration of the mind in peace. There's deliverance in peace. And this is the kingdom. Right? Righteousness. Peace. And joy. In the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So what we said last night. We'll repeat it again. Believing is a choice. And resting is a choice. And rejoicing is a choice. Say it out loud. Believing is a choice. Resting is a choice. Rejoicing is a choice. Rejoicing is a response to the joy of the Lord. Resting is a response to the peace of the Lord. Believing is a response, correct response, to the word of the Lord and the spirit of the Lord. Millions on the planet making their own choice. They choose to doubt. They choose to reject They choose to scoff. They choose to mock. And so it will not rest on them. There's no place of reception for it. But the reason why most of you and us are here is because we are sons and daughters of peace. We are sons and daughters of righteousness. We are sons and daughters of joy. How many would take themselves some joy? Come on. How many will receive joy? That's a little weak, but I'll, I'll accept Yes. Brother Hagin said something, my, my father in the faith who's in heaven now, that I wasn't clear on initially, and, and as the years went by, I saw it more and more. He, in his ministry, he laid hands on thousands of people to be filled with the Spirit, speaking other tongues. And that was a giant deal back then. He got persecuted for laying hands on people to receive the Spirit because it wasn't done. And how many know you and I got a lot to be thankful for because of pioneers that have gone before us and broke ground and established things that many people, even if they don't understand it, it's broadly accepted. Well, there were times, he would say, when he would lay hands on people to fill with the Spirit, That the Spirit would come on them, but they would shout it off. You ever heard him talk about any of that? Any of his shouted? And and I thought, what what does that mean? Shout! They'd shout off the power. They'd shout off the the anointing. And the same thing in, in healing lines. You ever heard? If you've watched any of his ministry and heard him talk, he'd lay hands on people. He'd say, now that went right into you and came right back out. <laughs> that went right on you and it came right. Well, then there, was, there wasn't a son of the anointing or a daughter of the anointing at that moment. Now, you can change quick if you will. But there hasn't been enough emphasis on the receiving part. And the responding part. And how vital it is that you make a a definite 
choice. I'm receiving this. I'm taking this. I'm embracing it. A choice to believe it. A choice to receive it. And a choice to respond in a faith way. And uh, I, I didn't understand that very well until, I don't know, a year or two later in ministry. Phyllis and I were actually in a place in northwest Arkansas in, in a meeting in a church. And some folks had come over from a neighboring state to be in the meeting with us. And they were good people, but had never been filled with the Spirit speaking in other tongues. And they came up in the, uh, we gave an invitation at the end to be filled with the Spirit. And, and they came up. And I was excited. I thought, wow, glory to God. Because they were really not from the tongue-talking bunch. And I thought, wow, look at this. And so I laid hands on him, and man, the power of God came on him, and he shook, and he just started hollering, whoa, 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 and that's all he did, and he never spoke in tongues. And, he, and, and those words, Brother Hagin said, came back to me, he shouted off the power. He didn't respond the way he should have responded. What was the proper response? They were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak. They're doing the speaking. In other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance, you can respond a wrong way to a right thing. You see that? Go with me to the book of Matthew, please. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In uh, Matthew 18, if you would look. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. First Peter uh, one said a similar thing that even though you hadn't seen the Lord yet rejoicing, you you rejoice uh, believing, you rejoice. Hallelujah. Full of joy, unspeakable. Full of glory. Believing and rejoicing go hand in hand. Can't separate them. And uh, sometimes people, they don't understand why people just spontaneously shout. And uh, they think, well, what's, what's going on with that? Uh, it can be, I mean, it can be something worked up, but it also can be a proper response because you are agreeable to it. You are a son or daughter of it. You are a receiver of it. In uh, Matthew 18, 1. It said at the same time the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> Important question they wanted the answer to that day. And Jesus called a little child. Everybody say little child. A little child to him. And he set him in the midst of them. Now little child is not a big child little. And uh, he said, verily I say to you, except you be converted. Now converted means changed. And become what? As little children, you shall not enter. Everybody say enter. You shall not enter into what? We've been talking about the kingdom. The kingdom. Kingdom of God's not eating. It's not drinking. It's not, it's not natural things. What is it? It's righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. How do you get into it? How do you enter into peace? How do you enter into joy? How do you enter into all the benefits? Of the righteousness that the Lord's given us. How do you do it? You've got to be changed. 
as an adult and become as a little child. Now we know he's not talking about in understanding because other places he tells us don't be children in understanding. So he's not talking about us being ignorant, not knowing or understanding anything. He's not talking about understanding. So what's he talking about? He's talking about response. Response. He's talking about heart. Little children are good receivers. We're talking about little ones that have not yet learned about guilt or shame or condemnation or embarrassment. We're talking about pre all of that. Little ones respond without thinking about what other people may think. Don't they? Little ones. I mean, I don't care if you're talking about Canada or Africa or Asia. Little ones. You play some music, what happens next? Dancing. Is that right? Dancing. Have they been to dancing school? No. What's the steps they're doing? No idea. How do they look? Don't care. <laughs> but when we grow up, we learn better. Or was it? We learn to be aware. I could look dumb doing that. What will the people think? And that will hold you out. It will prevent you from entering. Can you see that? Yes, sir. You're not born like this. You have to learn shading. You have to learn, you know, not showing your true feelings. Little ones, when they're impressed, you know it immediately. Is that right? They see something, they go, ah, oh, whoa, that's amazing. Huh? But adults have learned somebody got something amazing and, and inside they're going, whoa, that's amazing. But they go, that's nice. And people think it's just growing up, it's just becoming an adult, but what has happened is you get narrowed and restricted in your insides. And it is all, did you hear that word? All fear-based. It's all connected to fear. What if? What if not? What if they... What if they don't? What if I can't? Fear, 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 which never crosses the mind of a little child. They just saw it and thought, wow, and a millisecond later, wow, came out of their mouth. Now, we do need to be in control of ourselves, and we do need to be in control of our words, but we don't need to stifle expressions. The Lord said to me some years ago, I was, I was looking in the Old Testament about the travels of God's people he delivered out of Egypt and how some things happened here and there. And the Lord asked me a question. He, he said, did you notice what kind of people I chose? And the scripture said he chose them above all the peoples that were there. It was his personal choice. And I thought, no, I, I don't know why. Why did you choose them? And what, what kind of people? He said they were expressive souls. I wrote it down. Everybody say it out loud. Expressive, expressive souls. Expressive souls. Read some of the passages. There were times when they had celebrations. The Bible said you could hear shouting. 
a mile away. You could hear shouting. You could hear praising. I mean, when it was time to celebrate, it's on. It's on. Forget quiet. And man, if they got mad, oh, brother, they'd rip their clothes, throw dirt in the air. Is that right? (laughs) You'd know it. You'd see it. And you might think, well, I don't know about that. God likes that because it's real. He doesn't like you out of control, but he doesn't like you pretending and being phony and being fake. He actually hates it. He hates a lie. He, He detests anything phony because it is the nature of Satan himself, his enemy. So in order to enter in, everybody say enter in, enter in in to things of the kingdom, including the joy, including the peace, you got to get rid of the junk you learned becoming a proper adult. And you got to be converted. Anybody willing to be converted? I'm Now, I know if you've received Jesus, you've been converted and became a Christian, but he said you need to become something else, too. You need to become like a little child. You need to become quick to believe, quick to receive. You know, we just, we we had Christmas here not too long back, and uh, we had extra presents that found their way to different kids and and families in the church and we talked about this that Christmas is about the greatest gift that's ever been given and and receiving the gift of the Christ and and we talked about this a little bit then that you will not see on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning when people open their presents any little children that when they see a big box it's got their name on it and they says little Johnny this is for you You will never see a little child back into a corner and go, oh, I can't. I I really haven't been that good this year, and I I just, (laughs) it takes years to become that dumb. (laughs) And the influence of the world, well, who's the God of this world? The influence of this world is taking people the wrong way. It's teaching them fear. It's teaching them shame. It's teaching them condemnation. And that restricts your insides until you won't even raise your hands in church. And if somebody asks about it five times, you'll finally go. (laughs) And don't even talk about dancing. People say, well, I'm, you know, I'm just from a different background. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more, is, uh, is bound? <laughs> the word <laughs> you're looking for, because the Lord can set you free. He can set you free. <laughs> I've noticed in my own life, and I think you say the same thing. There have been times in my life I've been closer to the Lord than at other times. And the times that I am closer to the Lord and doing better and better spiritually, I'm quick to laugh. I'm quick to cry. I'm quick to rejoice. I'm quick to repent and say, I'm sorry. Uh, Y'all following me? Well, can you see, that's me becoming more like a little child. I'm I'm quick to respond to these things. But the further you get away, the harder you get. And the slower you are to admit a mistake. And the slower you are, you know, some things, a move is happening in the service. and, And you're watching it and you're thinking about it. And we'll see and maybe. And two days later you decide, yeah, I should have got in. Well, it's, it's over. It's, it's already, it already happened. Quick to believe. Quick to rest. 
quick to rejoice, to respond. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Luke 18 said a similar thing. Luke 18, but he used a few different words that I want to point out to you. Luke 18, 17. 18, 17, Jesus said, whoever shall not receive, everybody say receive. Receive Receive the kingdom of God, how? As a little child shall in no wise enter therein. No wise means no way. No way do you enter into these wonderful spiritual things in the kingdom of God being stuffy, being scared. Being restricted. You got to change. And you got to humble yourself. You got to quit thinking about somebody may see me cry. What is the big deal? Somebody may hear that I said I'm wrong. Well, they need to hear you say you're wrong once in a while. Nobody's right all the time. Well, they may not understand shouting. Well, you can explain it to them after you're done shouting. I'm not talking about trying to be obnoxious. I'm not trying to talk about you're not doing anything for a show for anybody, but nor are you ashamed or embarrassed or afraid or intimidated because you have been saved. You have been set free and you got something to shout about. You do what the Lord has done for me. Hallelujah. And think think about it. What happened in Acts on the day of Pentecost when they all got filled with the Spirit? I mean, it it was quite the splash. It made the scene in town. Back up. What the Lord would say would happen. He said, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you and you'll be witnesses unto me. And the first witness they were of the power was shouting and singing and talking. It wasn't that. Anti- that was the first witness. Yeah, yeah. Talking in tongues. Yeah. Well, you couldn't have been too embarrassed or ashamed or you'd have stayed in the upper room and not gone down with the rest. Mm-hmm. But thank God, the whole bunch just come tumbling right out of there. <laughs> singing, hollering, shouting, talking in tongues. Yeah. Folks, what will people think? They'll think what they're going to think. Don't interrupt me. Here they <laughs> Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 12. Yeah, this will work. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord directed his people, his first covenant people in the old covenant, about that they were to meet at least three times a year. And he instructed them what to do and how to do it. And besides that, even just in their regular goings to the uh, tabernacle and then the temple, he gave them specific instructions on what to do, how to do it. And we know that's Old Testament and we're not, you know, giving animal sacrifices now and doing those things because the sacrifice has been offered. And yet, every one of these things is the anointed Word of God and it portrays beautiful types and it reveals spiritual reality. So you do yourself a great disservice when you neglect your Old Testament because Every one of these things is pointing to redemption. It's portraying something about the Christ and the accuracy of the the prophecies reveal the inspiration of the book because only somebody outside of time that can see the end from the beginning could say these things and foretell them in the pinpoint accuracy that he did and has. But I just want to draw your attention to one aspect of the instruction. In Deuteronomy 12, 5, he said, To the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name, even to his habitation, so you seek, and there shall you come. 
And there you bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, and your tithes, and your heave offerings of your hand, your vows, your free will offerings, and your firstlings of your herds and of your flocks. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice. This is something I don't think we've seen clearly enough. We've seen rejoicing as optional. I said we've seen rejoicing as optional. Under the right circumstances, especially you get the right environment, you get the right feel. Hey, it's time to rejoice. But the Lord told them, every time you come, every time you bring your offerings, Every time you come to my place, what did he say? What did he say? If you feel like it. (laughs) You shall. There's that word. I mean, now we see words like that in the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt. Thou shalt not. And here he says what? You shall rejoice. And not just you. You rejoice and rejoice. Your households. You shall rejoice in all that you put your hand to. Man, that's broad. You and your households. That means spouses, older kids, younger kids. What do you do when you go to the house of the Lord? You rejoice. You rejoice. It was a requirement. You shall rejoice. Say it out loud. You shall rejoice. 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 Now uh, of course we have anything like that in the New Testament? Rejoice in the Lord. All the time. I'm gonna tell you again. Is the Holy Spirit still saying the same thing? In the New Testament, that he went, well, God never changes. And, and, and we haven't seen the significance of it. I know we haven't. It's not just about having a little happy time when you feel real good. It's something you need to do on a regular basis. And it's something that is a choice. Now we're back to that. Is everybody with me? Huh? Believing's a choice. Resting's a choice. Tell me about rejoicing. Huh? What, what about rejoicing? He says nothing about feelings, good, bad, indifferent. Or if somebody's having maybe a little, not, not so quite good day that day, that they don't have to rejoice. Exceptions for depression. No. What? Everybody comes to the house of the Lord. Everybody brings their offering. And everybody rejoices. Everybody. Old ones. Young ones. Big ones. Little ones. Everybody. 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 Rejoices. You rejoice. 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 Oh, I rejoice in you, Lord. 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 That is excellent. You acted like a little child right then. You, I said rejoice and you said, Woo! Yeah! Excellent. Excellent. You can be seated, but be ready to jump up again. Now just, just doing that for just a few moments, can, does that have any effect on you? Can you? Oh man, it's 
it's liberating. It, it, it just it just shakes darkness off. It just whoo. Can you see why the Lord is commanding this? Because He wants to keep His people in the right spirit, in the right place, and rejoicing will help you stay there. But if you quit rejoicing, you start sliding away. You start getting further out of light and more into darkness. More out of life and more into death. To be carnally minded is death. Believing is a choice. Resting is a choice. Rejoicing. Somebody's getting it. Rejoicing is a choice. Have you ever heard this phrase? I will rejoice. You ever heard that in the Bible? This is the day. (laughs) Hey! This is the day. 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 I will rejoice and be glad. I will. Man, you will run COVID out of the county. Doing, doing this. You will run poverty out of the county. You will run crime out of the county. Can you imagine if the body of Christ worldwide did this in the spirit on a regular basis? It's the devil's worst nightmare. It's his worst nightmare. He has been far too successful keeping people God's people depressed, oppressed, down, beat. Somebody say, no more, no No more, more. no more. more. You can be seated. (laughs) Deuteronomy 16. I want you to see this established. This was not just a one-time thing. Deuteronomy 16, he talks about some of the feasts. They are commanded to keep the feast. This is a big deal because people would travel from all over the country on these dates and times and they'd bring their offerings and they would go to these feasts. They were, it wasn't optional. It was required. He said, verse 10, Deuteronomy 16, 10, you'll keep the feast of weeks unto the Lord your God with a tribute of a freewill offering of your hand which you shall give to the Lord your God according as the Lord has blessed you. Verse 11, and what? And what? Is this optional? This is no more optional than having the feast. Rejoicing was a requirement. What's a meeting without rejoicing? To God, it's unacceptable. A meeting with no rejoicing? He's not happy with it. I'm telling you. Has he changed? He used to be this way. You don't come to my house with no rejoicing. You don't have meetings with no rejoicing. You come, you show up, you bring your offering. And you hit it. You rejoice. You rejoice. Notice, who, who rejoices? The folks on the platform. The platform singers, the designated rejoicers. Everybody else can just come and sit and watch. Not then you couldn't. Who rejoices? This is, a, this is kind of a long verse. You shall rejoice. Before the Lord your God. In the case there's any confusion. You. Your son. Your daughter. Manservant. Maidservant. The Levite. 
Got any strangers in the house? They got to rejoice. <laughs> Fatherless, widows, they rejoice. Everybody rejoice. In the place where the Lord your God has chosen to place his name. Everybody, everybody, everybody rejoice. Everybody rejoice. Everybody. Everybody, everybody has to rejoice. Everybody rejoice. Everybody rejoice. You can sit down. But then you get to the next feast. That was the feast of weeks. Verse 13. Verse 13. Deuteronomy 16, 13. You shall observe the feast of tabernacles. Different feast. Seven days. After you've gathered in your corn. And your wine. And I know you'll be tired. So it's okay if that one's a little quiet. Uh-uh. No. No. I don't care if you just work from sunup to sundown, getting the last of the wheat in. When you get to service, you shall rejoice. 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 Woo! <laughs> Sit down. Who's going to rejoice? You, your son, your daughter, manservant, maidservant, Levite, stranger, fatherless, widow. Yeah, but widow's been having some hard time. Widow, rejoice. Yeah, but somebody just got kicked out of their house. Rejoice. Not because you lost your house, but rejoice about how good God is. And rejoice because you're about to get another one. You're about to get a, about to get a better one. Yeah, but I just lost my business because of the You better rejoice. Not because of that, but because of the goodness of the Lord. We see that in other places. He tells them specifically, that's what you're rejoicing about. You're rejoicing in every good thing the Lord has done for you. You're rejoicing in his goodness. And that is a choice. Not a feeling. Now it comes with feelings on the other end. Keep reading. Seven days you'll keep a solemn feast to the Lord your God in the place which the Lord shall choose. Because the Lord your God will bless you. In all your increase and in all the work of your hands, therefore, you shall surely, you will surely rejoice. You will surely rejoice. You must rejoice. You will surely, surely, surely. You will surely rejoice. You will surely rejoice. Oh, glory to God. You can be seated. Unless you think, well, yeah, but Brother Keith, that was just special times of the year. No, we just got the reading. The first verse was about every time you come to the house of the Lord. Then Deuteronomy 26 is about every time you tithe. Which would explain why there's not a lot of tithing in some places. I mean rejoicing because there's not the tithing. But that can be in the past. And the whole chapter of Deuteronomy 26 is about tithing. And it's wonderful. It portrays and reveals amazing spiritual things. Not time to get quiet now. He said, verse 1, he said, it'll be, Deuteronomy 26, 1, when you're coming to the land which the Lord your God gives you for an inheritance to possess it and dwell in it, you will take the first of all the fruit of the earth, you'll bring of the land which the Lord your God gives you, you put it in a basket, you go to the place which the Lord your God shall choose to place his name there. 
And it goes through a number of things, what to do, how to represent. And verse 10 gets into what you say when you present your tithes and your first fruits and your offerings. You say, now, behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. You'll set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. That's not even the end of the sentence. And you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you, to your house and you and Levites and strangers. You shall rejoice. Can you see connected to this thanksgiving and rejoicing? And you're rejoicing in his goodness, how good he is. The more you believe in his goodness, the more rejoicing you're going to do. And so you're always saying, praise God. You're rejoicing over this good thing, rejoicing over that good thing. When you come together, we've got multiplied rejoicing. We've got combined rejoicing, and it takes it to another level. And in Deuteronomy 28, where he talks about the blessing for obeying God and keeping his commandments, and the curse for not keeping his commandments, not obeying him, there's a very enlightening part of the curse. He he enumerates so many things, bad things that would happen when you reject God and you don't follow and don't obey him. And in Deuteronomy 28 and 45 or 46, he said all those curses will come on you because you didn't listen to the voice of the Lord your God and keep his commandments. They'll be for you a sign and a wonder. Verse 47, notice it, verse 47, because what? Because what? When you sum it up, what was the real core of the issue? You wouldn't serve the Lord with joyfulness. And you wouldn't serve him with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. And verse 48, because of that, you're going to serve your enemies. If you don't rejoice in God's goodness, you wind up tricked. You wind up deceived. You can't just keep going day after day and week after week no joy, no peace. You can't just keep doing that. You will backslide. You will get further and further from God and you will be bitter and you will be depressed and you will be agitated and you wind up serving your enemies. And serving enemies is hard and there's no peace and there's no joy and it shouldn't be with a child of God. Because we've been delivered out of all the power of darkness. He's not our master anymore. He has no power over us anymore. Darkness has no power over me. Come on, sit down. Darkness has no power over me. When When the 12 returned. And then the 70 returned after the Lord had authorized them and empowered them, given them authority over all disease and to cast out spirits. They came back elated, rejoicing. They said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. We are telling them to get, and they are getting. I'm going to paraphrase. The Lord said, that's great, that's great. But let me tell you this, you ought to be shouting about. Your name is written. Yeah. In the Lamb's book of life. What does that mean? I am a forever part. Of God's eternal family. Forever ruling and reigning with him. In his kingdom. He has made me somebody. In him and to him. That alone is enough to rejoice about. Every time you get up in the morning. Certainly every time you come to church. Every time you open your eyes, every time. Woo! Somebody say glory to God. Lift your hands. Lift your voices. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you.
This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.